Listening to the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I'm Steph's personal life enabler. <laughs> My name is Stephanie, and that's exactly what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> we are here for episode four. Dot zom. Wow, we don't have two digits of iZombie uh, episodes left. We now just have nine episodes Aww. left. We, we can't say like 13, 12, 11. Um, yeah. Uh, I was just all of a sudden had to stop and do math in my head. No, no, definitely nine episodes left. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was told there wouldn't be math. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm super psyched to talk about tonight's episode, Dadzam. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's definitely not the comedic heights of, uh, the last episode, but we got some interesting setup in here. Yeah, yeah, a new uh, villain. New villain. Meet the new boss. Um, first off, some news. Uh, uh, what? I, yeah. Uh, this is personal news. I hate our local CW affiliate. Um, <laughs> if you were following our Twitter uh, the night that iZombie aired, you would have seen me typing in all caps like an obnoxious uh, user. Uh, or like, you know, I was like a... a you know, a fictional president or something and, uh, and talking about how annoyed I was at the TV. They kept on. Okay. First they, they had this annoying message at the bottom of the screen, just warning about thunderstorms in the area. And really the area to this affiliate, it was like 50 miles away, but I re- understand they reach, they reach out across the area, but it's, you know, they acted as if it was tornadoes and we were in Kansas. It's like, it's a thunderstorm. <laughs> yeah, I know they do that here. It, it, it's really hard. It's difficult because they over, overreact, mm-hmm. and, but then, you know, people may die Yeah, if you underreact, you know, closing schools and stuff, but I don't know. It was, it was, it's crazy. You know, I, so, so they had the messages running alongside the screen. They had a map on the lower right hand side of the screen. So, like, just like a little like a. Flashing. So, do you not get that a lot? No. Oh, see, we get that all the time, especially oh. you know during tornado season. We're used to that. It's obnoxious, but it's and a it's funny because for us. it's like they run the entire message and then they go beep and then they start the message again, like to let you know. Here comes the message. Beep. You know, like they're breaking in. Um, and it's so funny because, you know, I'm usually annoyed when the CW, like, throws some sort of graphic promoting whatever at the bottom of their screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was really funny because the weather report was like you could see the uh, – uh, uh, an advertisement of burden of truth peeking out from underneath the weather <laughs> alert. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, man. One, it's like a layered effect. And then – what happened was uh, twice during the hour, the weatherman broke in to the episode to talk about storms and spend about like, you know, five minutes pointing at the map, saying there are thunderstorms, saying where they are and just like, ugh, 
I, I am dying. And of course, you know, the CW affiliate isn't going to just like pause the episode. They, they let the episode run. And so, uh, and it's like, you've missed 15 minutes of the episode. It's uh, like, why, why even watch it? I know. I've missed so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first one was annoying enough. And then they broke in again and did the same thing all over again. I'm like, people have the internet, you know, they have radio, you know, who would turn on their TV? Yeah, I know. know, I hope there's a weather report that's going to pop up in the middle of this episode of iZombie or else I'm doomed. (laughs) 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 The second one really, really got to me though. It was, uh, it was – it popped up, uh, I believe, right around the time when um, the guys were thawing out thawing out, and Enzo was there. And I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then blah, <laughs> popped out. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, see, for me, mine messed up. Mine, like, I don't know. Uh, uh, it just went out during the part where she gets the brain and she's about – and I was like, great. I'm really? I missed the brain, you know, Aww. preparation part and so yeah i have no idea what robbie said <laughs> i'm sure it was something funny well the second time the second time it was happening i was just gonna say that when we came back it was mm-hmm. like 30 seconds before the commercial started i was like oh ah. they got to get that commercial in huh the sons ah. of, anyway <laughs> so that's the news um no more teasers terrible other than tragic that. news and you and so you were forced to watch the episode on the terrible cw app oh god i was on the seed i don't want to be on the seed i want it to be recorded <laughs> on my dvr so i can re- fast forward and rewind and replay certain scenes uh-huh. you know especially when i'm you know preparing for our show i like to go back and look you know um, there was a couple things I, I kind of read about later. And I was like, oh, I didn't catch that. And then I was like, oh, great. I got to let the seed play for a while and then wait for the commercials and then kind of wait till it gets to the end. And then I can re- rewind and look at it, you know. So annoying. So apologies if our, our coverage is a little – like we missed a couple things. So, <laughs> um, But anyway, this is – that was complaint hour. Uh, now we're going to talk about <laughs> .zom. Dot Zom's written by John M. Bum and directed by Michael Whale. Uh, it was uh, originally called Silicon Death Valley. At least uh, that was what was written on the uh, – Rob Thomas released a photo of all his scripts for iZombie and, and Veronica Mars up on uh, a bookshelf and saying, oh, it's all done, you know. And uh, the episode title for this was on that script, Silicon Death Valley. So I'm assuming that was the original name. So. Mm. So let's get into the case. Let's just wait. This. First, let me ask you this: mm, sure. Did you see the the inventor? Oh yes, Alpha I did. Blood in Silicon Valley. <laughs> I tweeted a picture of Elizabeth Holmes during the live tweet. I was like, hmm, "This reminds me of somebody." I really wish Liv had like a deep voice during it. You know? Yeah. Oh, you know that's a fake voice. <sighs> it's also, like her. this episode is like an entire episode of that GIF. Of the, you know, the equations gift. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it literally starts with that, with Cornell, t- you know, the see-through uh-huh. whiteboard right in the equation. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, first I was thinking, oh, are they, gonna, are they doing uh, a little bit of, you know, Mis- uh, Mr. Zuckerberg or, or Jobs or something. But then I was mm-hmm. like, hmm, maybe they're, you know, especially with the, you know, some of the acting choices, the wardrobe, I believe Liv was in, you know, like a... I don't know if it was a turtleneck, but a, a black top. Um, 
But, yeah, I know. Bef- going in, I was thinking Steve Jobs, but as I was watching it, I was thinking Elizabeth Holmes. Maybe if Rose looked a little bit more alarmed, uh, <laughs> that would have Wide really eye. pulled it off. Bright yeah. eyed, like big eyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the case starts off with the chapter title, What's the Big Idea? We've got uh, Cornell Percy uh, checking out his uh, equations, and he gets a unexpected visitor. Um, and it's cool. It's, uh, I don't know, it is kind of like, a, you know, like an episode of Numbers or something, <laughs> where we have this synth, synth score with a drumming beat, and he's just, like, working on math. But we see him taking supplements. He's got a green shake. He's got the he's got the AirPods. Everybody's got the AirPods this season. Oh, and he doesn't have, doesn't just have a whiteboard. He has he's got a clear whiteboard. So that's mm. going to be like extra expensive. I don't know. Um, on second watch, I, I noticed that you see him erase the third name, which we know he's going to write in Peyton uh, mm-hmm. before saying, "Oh, I didn't hear you come in." Um, ah. But we we find out later that um, that's Nora that interrupts him, and who gets upset that she was being replaced. So it was kind of like a red herring because it was Melissa that killed him. So we didn't actually see the moments before his death in the teaser. Is what I'm saying. Ah, uh, okay. It's just kind of like a red herring. <laughs> um. All right. So. We are now at Percy Corp and Liv and Ravi are there and Percy Corp does apps like Pathseeker and Shopulent. Um, so they mean uh, – what is the app way? Hmm? The, they're talking – in real life, the app is – Pathseeker? Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. What wave? Path, wave? Wave app. I don't know. I don't have what a phone. It? I live in a log cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was a uh, it was an app that you could get directions or whatever, and probably uh, you know you put down like where you live in it, and uh, and it tracks you through GPS. And Shopulent, you know, is maybe like an Amazon kind of thing where you you shop through it. It finds the best. Oh yeah, she up. Find your uh, tastes and stuff. Like you know, if you're ordering a lot a lot of uh, uh, tan lotion, you know. Spray tan. Mm, oh yeah, hair dye. Do you, do you have shipped? Do I have shipped? Yeah. Do you know what shipped is? Is it? Uh, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, is it a regional? Live a regional in major thing. endgame. Um, Charles no, Robarty. It's an app. Ships. It's a service. It's like uh, <laughs> it brings food to you. Oh nope nope we the oh, okay. that I call that wife. Just kidding. I am not the crow magnet. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> wow, nineteen fifty six. It's like Tony Soprano. You in this house? It is nineteen fifty. I don't care what goes on out there. All right, that was a terrible impersonation. I'll, I'll continue. <laughs> Robbie is a little disappointed because he's uh, he's a big fan of. Oh yeah, because you hear about these, you know, Google. Like you don't have to go outside. You stay inside, and there's food, yeah. and there's you know you can live there, and it's gym and it's everything is there for every all of your needs are it's being gr- met it, by the company it's pretty rad stuff i've actually visited google google in new york 
And really? I, did a, I did a trading seminar there. It was a, like a training thing for one of their apps. It kind of is, was involved in my, my company. It was like a work trip. And uh, yeah, they got the cereal bar there, <laughs> you know, that lots of like, you know, like easy chairs and moon chairs and, and just, it's a pretty relaxed atmosphere. Yeah. It's because they need the people. They, uh, they're looking for good people and they're, uh, you know, trying to find ways of wooing the right people mm-hmm. to those jobs. Oh yeah. It, it was nice. And we, we had a, we had a nice conference there and I, I was like, I don't know. It was like, I had like. Well, I don't. It wasn't exactly service, but you know, you go do, hit the hit the hit the cereal bar or whatever. Get bring bring a bunch of snacks in, and I don't know. The chairs were nice and comfy. I don't know. I don't remember much else, but it was pretty cool. I was like, I need to wow. work here. <laughs> Heck yeah! But uh, yeah, no uh, dome or holograms when I went <laughs> went there. <laughs> Um, Liv and Ravi meets, uh, but also, also there is this, like this romantic image of tech Mm. that we have, like that tech is just so uh, exciting and it's gonna, uh, it's gonna solve all of our problems and it's just the imagination, the creativity, you know? Yeah. We're so lazy these days. We're we're headed toward we're headed for the uh, the Wall-E chair. Yeah, <laughs> we're all headed there. There's no stopping. Um, so so we yeah we meet Nora Shaw, who uh, is the personal life enabler of uh, Cornell Piercy. Because in tech, they don't like traditional uh, roles. Right, <laughs> right. Nora, by the way, is played by Magda Appenwitz. She was. Uh, oh, go ahead. We know her. Yeah, she's she's a very popular Vancouver actress. She's been in a million things. Continuum. She, um, yeah, she's been in something we've covered. Smallville, I'm sure. Nope. No Smallville. Uh, I don't think so. But uh, Hell, Hellcats. Ah, she, she might have been too young for Smallville. She was uh, nasty, Kathy. She was the oh, leader of yeah. the the competing cheerleader team, the Cyclones that were that Savannah used to uh, cheer with, and then she uh-huh. went out to be a Hellcat. Uh, and she's got this rivalry with Savannah because uh, Savannah fed uh, Kathy's tarantulas hamburgers, and it killed them. <laughs> I I remembered all this by looking it up in the wiki. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. This is very weird. <laughs> But uh, Hellcast, pretty fun. Check it out on the CWC. That was a great show. <laughs> yeah, Ali Machaka. Uh, so fancy elevator, pretty pretty cool. It didn't. It, it was funny because the the displays they had in the elevator made it seem like it actually wasn't even moving. You know, which it it, it may have not actually been moving <laughs> in, in real life. Probably not moving. <laughs> <laughs> But when they uh, when they come out of the elevator, he we are in uh, the bunker. Um, it's the it's underwater underwater under underground um, place uh, for Cornell, who used his wealth to work on this uh, project Z uh, for Zia Sudra, which is the Sumerian version of the the Noah story. Uh huh. I did all sorts of reading on this, but it, it pretty much is what. What um, Nora says, this is like, 
you know, the story that Noah is based on is, is the Sumerian legend as well. Um, you know, whatever your belief structure is, that is up to you. Um, I believe in Steve Carell and that he actually is going to be the one that brings the flood. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Cornell does think the, uh, did think that the, sorry, I didn't mean to talk in present tense with Cornell. That was very rude of me. He thought the apocalypse was in- imminent and the bunker was for people to repopulate the species and house them for 20 years. And Ravi is very impressed now. Um, may I just take a side note here? Um, this is definitely a place that you could hide from a nuclear bomb. <laughs> that you, you could get, say, maybe the, oh. the main cast of iZombie to hide from oh. a nuclear bomb and then emerge 20 years later for one hell of a finale. <laughs> Oh, Have them all walking out like in their, you know, what, their 40s? <laughs> that's really, I wouldn't want to see Major and live that old. Um, <laughs> yeah, 40s. Wouldn't want to see them in their 40s. That would be Ugh. old. Ugh. old. Ugh, gross. Generation old is that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that might be a possibility for the finale. I mean, Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that this is a thing. Yeah. This is gonna. We're, we're, this is gonna be back again. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if this it's the same uh, set they used to put the CDC scenes in. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a pretty big place, and yeah, we we now know there is a place in New Seattle that you can run to that will hold you for twenty years. Um, so we'll see. Um, Liv is surprised to see Peyton's name on the list. Yeah, that's kind of eerie. Uh-huh. Uh, it's the third name down. The fourth name, by the way, is director Michael Whale's name. <laughs> so his name's up there. Um, and Robbie says, I have an alibi. <laughs> and uh, But later, I mean, Robbie says, is like, no, I'm not like mad about it. I just don't know what's going on. And Peyton's like, I've, I don't even know who that guy is. Yeah, she doesn't either. It's weird. It would be weird to know that Somebody's got a plan in case of an emergency and it involves you and you didn't know anything about it. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we'll get more into it. But uh, uh, next chapter is Tech Munch. Uh, Ravi says Cornell died by muscarine poisoning, which is, you know, something found in certain mushrooms. Um, but that, that was in his pills. And at that point, I was thinking to myself, oh my gosh, if we get live on mushrooms... This this episode <laughs> this is going to be the best ever. Uh, it might just help uh, the dancer episode, but no, <laughs> nah. no, it's just a, it's it's what killed him. Um, then I thought about the movie Phantom Thread. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Oh, forget what I said. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to see that Daniel Day Lewis tripping, 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 uh, tripping, tripping balls, as the uh, youngsters mm-hmm. say. Um, there's evidence at the scene, there are pills, there's hair fibers, and there's one contact lens, a blue one, and, uh, Cornell's eyes are already blue, so, hmm. Rich people. <laughs> uh, so Clive tells Live, Clive tells Live, Clive tells Liv to brain up, and Liv, uh, I, I don't know, maybe I haven't noticed this before, but Liv, like, grabs the brain with her bare hands out of uh-huh. the, out of the, de- for some reason, I always thought she wore gloves, or maybe she's worn gloves in the past. But just the oh. barehanded grabbing the brains. Oh uh, well, I mean, she's gonna eat it. I guess so. 
boy. She wash her hands. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she puts it into a kombucha, which uh, Clive is pretty disgusted by. Not by the brain, never, by, by the drink. I've never had kombucha. Have you? No, no. It's really funny because. Uh, make a long story short, I was kind of invited to a party where they were trying to figure out what to stock it up with. And um, one of the suggestions was uh, like a kombucha alcohol. And I was just like, what the heck is kombucha? And it's just so funny to see it pop up in this episode. I was like, oh, that's what it is. But like, yeah, see, I don't even know what it is. Is it tea? I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it to be like green tea. Yeah. I'm not, or matka. What is matka? Is that a Klingon beverage? I don't know. It's all over New York. It's everywhere uh, in New York, and I'm not. A, don't a, care for it. It's not in uh, not in Vermont. <laughs> By the way, I do have to apologize. Apparently, it's motorcycle weekend here in Vermont. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, it's not officially, but it, it seems to be. And uh, I can't seem to close the window because uh, that would uh, make it hotter in here. So I'm just leaving it open. <laughs> anyway, just want to apologize. Um, Liv uh, is getting all deepy thinky about when the brain's effects will kick in. Can a mind truly comprehend itself? Which is which is a good thought because you know when she's on a brain, does she know that she's on a brain? Does you know? It's like it's kind of like the classic, like I'm not drunk, <laughs> you know. Uh, so we meet uh, next Melissa Schultz, who is the acting CEO. She's all business. She's got a file for Clive outlining all her history with Cornell and her romantic relationship. They've been separated because she became a zombie. Um, and uh, But they work together. They split their profits. They have no grudges. There's no motive, she says. But Liv disagrees. Okay. This is what – this re- she reminds well, – uh, first she reminded me of uh, Lori Breen from Silicon Valley. Oh, uh, Yes. <laughs> but also the uh, you know we had a we had a relationship because you know in the inventor story in the oh, yes. uh, Elizabeth Holmes story her and her partner yeah. they were in a romantic relationship and it's a business and you got to let that you got to disclose all that and I mean I can almost like see Elizabeth writing like on a whiteboard ideas <laughs> what yeah. are they you know. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's like a parody of herself. She's like <laughs> she's like a oh, she's because but, she wanted she thought she was Steve Jobs. Yeah. She thought. But what Liv what Liv says here is, is true. I mean, yes, you split the profits. Yes, it seems like you have no motive, but the ideas were were split, but the credit that wasn't split. Uh, and uh, Melissa's like, no, 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 I lower the tension, you know, but it still makes her like, hmm, it's, it, 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 it says Cornell Percy on everything. It doesn't say Melissa Schultz anywhere. So Yeah, she makes it seem like she's not, she doesn't have emotions, like she's not emotionally involved in right. all of this. She, tr- she tries to act like she's like detached. Yep. yep. But you know, <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, so anyway, Melissa says she wasn't on the bunker list because she's a zombie. And then she talks about the nootropic su- supplements and uh, that um, Cornell was getting a microdose of hallucinogenic mushrooms for mental clarity. Again, I was like, please put live on mushrooms. Uh, it yes. will be, it'll be the best. <laughs> but no such luck. So we go to the interrogation room. We talk to the neurochem consultant, Dalton. We've seen Dalton yes. before. Yes. 
We know Dalton. We know Dalton. This is Ryan Devlin, um, who was on Veronica Mars as Mercer. Um, but he's also been on the on iZombie before. The same character. Same character, yeah. And he, mm. Before he was peddling brains. So it's kind of like this guy is like... Uh, you know, doing, uh, you know, wheeling and dealing. And, and this is this time, uh, he is, uh, he's, he's now instead of peddling brains, he's, he's peddling nootropics. Well, this is the point where we should start talking about nootropics, which I actually thought, oh gosh, that's a made up word. <laughs> what <did> they, <laughs> no, what's that? It's a thing. Yeah. It's a, it, you know, people are taking, you know, in college, people are taking, uh, Adderall to help them focus and do better on tests. Uh-huh. And, and there's this whole, you know, is it cheating? Are, are you cheating at life if you're taking medicines that give you mental clarity? Or is this just like an evolution? Is this, you know, yeah, I, is this what? Sorry, go I, ahead. I mean, no, I, 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 it was like a revelation to me. I mean, so she, she, really? she says to Dalton, she's like, you mean like ginkgo biloba or taurine, which I have heard of, you know, mm-hmm. like taurines and uh, what, Red Bull. Um, but then Dalton just starts dropping these things like, uh, no, L-theanine, alpha-GPC, vincipotine, uh, vincipotine, I keep wanting to say poutine because of the word poutine is Because, you know. Canada. I love Putin. <laughs> but, um, so Al, I, I looked each of these things up. For, you know, first off, the reason why I thought nootropics was not a word is because you look at the word in the closed captioning and it says, it, you know, if you read it out, you're like, nootropics? Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, nootropics. But shouldn't they have, like, an N-O-A instead of N-O-O? I don't, I don't know. I would think that if you're... Or, a, or N-O dash. Yeah. I don't know. So L-theanine is all about anxiety um, and helps you focus. And it's like a naturally occurring element. Oh, okay. Correct. I don't know. Yeah. I think so. I think I've got some of that in my cabinet. <laughs> uh, Alpha-GPC, I guess, is something that treats Alzheimer's. Um, uh, okay. But what really attracted my 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 attention was that vincipotine. I can't even pronounce it, so I'll, I guess I'll have to learn how to do that. And that's uh, it says it helps with cerebral cerebral metabolism. It helps with memory and slows cognitive decline. I was like, put all those pills in my mouth. I am ready <laughs> to be treated. So, yeah, well, see, because I always wonder, um, is it a, just a naturally occurring, you know, is it just inevitable that we get older and our brain function declines? Or is it uh, a reaction? Is it from the foods we eat, you know, yeah. breaking down? Uh, or is it a way we could naturally do this instead of doing it with a chemical you know, could we eat better? Could we exercise mm-hmm. or? That's true. Like, you know, I've been trying to exercise more and I feel like I'm more alert, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that that's because, you know, the body's moving and, uh, you know, all the blood is pumping in and, you know, mm-hmm. the blood does pump up to the brain. I mean, in the, in the simplest terms, that's how I explain it to myself. I'm like, if I just keep <laughs> active, you know, I'll be more on, on top of things, you know, I'll remember 
you know, what happened in, you know, season two, episode three of <laughs> iZombie. <laughs> you know? Um, so now I'm trying to think of what did happen. Anyway, I'm going to kick myself because it was one after Zombie Bro. Okay. Anyway, uh, so, so I am one. I mean, Ravi calls it nerd placebos. <laughs> what is your, as a, as a medical professional, should I get on that Vincipotine? Because that sounds right up my alley. I want, I love. I mean, it's very really interesting. And I, I, yeah, and I do I worry too. that my, my brain is slowly shutting down <laughs> the cognitive decline. I, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like mine is genetic because I feel like I take after my dad. Because uh-huh. my mother will say, uh, you know, when, when me and your dad are out in public and we see somebody he he never uh, introduces us and it's because he doesn't know their name right, exactly. i know I, it, that's me too i don't know their name nope. or i'll see somebody and i'm like i know that person where do i know that oh, person I from it, 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 it I kills me face. i feel so stupid and it's and it's yeah. terrible because it's like you know i i feel as a person who is getting older and wants to uh you know I'm in my early 30s, but, you know, getting older in a sense. Um, Wait, you're what? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, as I'm getting older, I, I keep I keep the thing that that I'm like, I, I have done so many things in my life. You know, in a life, you do so many things, you have so many connections. And when you forget, like, somebody's face, it, it feels like. You have forgotten like what, like a year of your life, or like a few weeks of your life, and it just—it's it, right. frightening. It really is kind of frightening. Yeah. Like, well, what, what I realized, mean? I'm a very honest person. Yeah. You know, I don't like to. Uh, so you walk right up to them and go, "I don't know you. Could you please tell I'm me like, who you are?" But I think a lot of people just BS their way through stuff like yeah. this. <laughs> I think that's the difference. I think some people are just like, oh, yeah, but they really don't remember. I don't want to, like, say to somebody, like, like you, it's like, I just want you to, I want you to know that I'm sure you meant a lot to me. And as soon as I remember who you are, <laughs> you'll mean a lot to me again. But right now, I don't know who you are, and I really want to know. Yeah. Can I get yeah, through this so without familiar. being completely embarrassed? <laughs> anyway, I really want to start that stuff. Um, I think uh, if I, I invite... Where can we get it? Yeah. Is it legal? I'm pretty sure you... you the, the Vince Potine, I think you can get over the counter. Like, I can go to a drugstore and get that. But, I mean... Is it nerd placebo or is it is it the good stuff? Because you know, like, I'm not looking like good stuff. I'm not like looking the high or anything. I just want to think better. Yeah, and probably use better better words than think better. I mean, well, it's very interesting that we're using drugs that were illicit street drugs, and now we're actually using them in psychiatry. Yeah, you know, like ketamine uh-huh. and. Uh, the the mushrooms the the chemical from mushrooms mm-hmm. are about to be FDA approved for treating psychiatric. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's fascinating to me because of all these years. You know, drug companies are coming up with these chemical chemical after chemical, and guess what? They really don't work that well. Yeah. And it just it looks like the natural. Naturally occurring things that we've used all these years may really be useful. <laughs> well, 
Yeah, again, you know, if anybody wants to tweet at us or send us a little email or whatever. Yeah, somebody who actually knows more than we do because right. that's about – that's all I know about this stuff. Right. I do I've th- heard about like – I've heard the word microdosing. Yes. I, 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 like a microdose I, I of mushrooms I suppose is like just enough to – you know, get yeah. some good ideas. Well, but. I saw an episode of television where some guy was microdosing and then he had to increase his dose so much huh. that it, you know, so that's all I know about microdosing. Well, Liv, Liv is very interested in Dalton's starter pack. Oh, yes. It, She's so interested. Clive is, yeah. it's, I don't know. I mean, and you can imagine somebody who is an intellectual, that's their thing is they're smart, that they would be willing to to risk a lot to do a lot to make their stuff sharper and better um but um we do find out about dalton he does have a record so um you know it now we know you know he's gone from like brain pedaling to to uh the smart drug pedaling so i'm sure he's been pedaling other things before (laughs) (laughs) and uh and that uh, he's talking about his mushroom growing, that it was uh, in a highly controlled environment. So it, it, it's not his mushrooms that caused uh, uh, Cornell's death. So uh, Clive won't let uh, Dalton give Liv the starter pack, but she does grab it in the end. And uh, oh, oh, yeah. he wasn't on the list either, but it doesn't seem to be a factor in, in any of this. They're just kind of throwing another herring out there and being like, hmm, maybe it's Dalton. He did. Uh, he was the Hearst College campus rapist, so uh, <laughs> you, know, you never know. And you know, he did have that uh, secret illegal casino in his dorm room. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Those are Veronica Mars references. If you don't get that and you watch iZombie, it's time to get on the Veronica Mars train. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. She talks to Robbie about this nerd placebo, and Liv says she sees a future where humans are all genetically enhanced. And Robbie says that, that sounds obnoxious. <laughs> Which I don't know. It kind of like, I, I would have thought Robbie would be more, I guess his scientific yeah. brain kind of takes over his sci fi brain. So, uh, so she has a vision, and it shows Cornell erasing Nora's name and writing Peyton's, and Nora catching him doing that. So Liv comes up with a system to catch criminals and Ravi says she's invented the police, which is really funny. Oh. <laughs> Nora, what if there was this systemic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nora said uh, she's on the board because of her smarts, but also because she fit the attraction profile. <laughs> Basically, they were sleeping together. And uh, but Cornell saw Peyton give a speech and replaced replaced Nora with Peyton because <laughs> Peyton uh, <laughs> Peyton had nothing to do with it except for just being in a room with Cornell, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, he was going broke because of the project. And she sees another vision. And there's this guy who promises to sink Cornell. Where was where's the product I paid for? And uh, Melissa. Let's us know that. Uh, uh, sorry, she they're in, a, they're in the elevator with Melissa, and um, Liv says the vision. She was talking to this guy in the sun, and we see in the background there's palm trees on the elevator. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Um, 
And Nora recognizes the, the sketch that Jimmy made, and it's Sheldon Drake, the fixture king. And uh, if you're a keen viewer, in the ad, he has blue eyes, and then it transitions to Sheldon in the interrogation room, and he's got brown eyes. <gasps> oh. This, is, this character is really repugnant. Um, uh-huh. Somebody I really, really hate. And, it, and it, the funny thing is, he is a uh, veteran X Files reoccurring guest star. Really? Yeah. Uh, his actor is named Bill. Is named Bill Dowd, and he played a uh, a character named Chuck Burks. And he was a guy that was like a like a scientist that Mulder would check in with every once in a while. He was kind of like like a lone gunman, but not one of the lone gunmen. He was like a guy uh-huh. that knew a lot about history and. You know, science and stuff. Um, but uh, in here, he is obviously now he's like twenty years older, the actor, and and he is playing a really obnoxious jerk. Hates zombies, refuses to talk to Renegade, and is disgusted that they tracked him down because she ate Cornell's brain. And he storms out and he tells Liv, "Your time's almost up, zombie." Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is kind of gross that she ate his brain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Five seasons in, you're not over it yet, Steph? <laughs> it's a little gross. <laughs> it is a little Just gross. a little. I'm actually thankful that there is here, – here's another person that has recognized that the uh, person investigating has eaten the brain, has eaten the brain and, uh, you know, and how messed up that is. You know? It's mm-hmm. – I mean, Sheldon is a complete scumbag who I'm assuming is going to want the murder of uh, thousands of zombies. But also, I can kind of like identify with, wow, that's that's weird. You ate you ate that person's brain, and ah, oh, now you're like but creeping also, into his thoughts and stuff. You know? Yeah. But also, he doesn't want anybody intruding on his business. Of I course, guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'm just saying he's kind of got a little bit of a point. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, uh, he is of course being, he's a, he's an extreme about it. Uh, Curtis finds this uh, website called Z watch zombie tracker and finds that the dead enders are IDing every zombie publishing their addresses. And Liv says that it would take a long time to ID every zombie uh, in, in Seattle. When all of a sudden she puts it together that Cornell's company using like Pathseeker and Shopulent had user data that Sheldon was trying to buy. And that's what she was, that that's what he was disappointed that Cornell wasn't giving it to him. Mm. So Clive hauls Sheldon back in happily. And it says that there were mushrooms in his backyard. Sheldon calls Liv a ghoul. Liv waves to him. <laughs> By the way, I, I paused it so I could see what was on her coffee mug. Oh yeah, what does it say? I still have an hourglass figure, but the the sand keeps shifting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. Oh, by the way, the, the chapter title for all the Sheldon stuff uh, here uh, was "I Zombie E Y E" because of the whole oh, contact because lens of the because of the eyeball, yeah, contact, yeah. So uh, in the chapter titled uh, "Slap Out of It." Um, we're back at Renegade headquarters. Liv comes down and tells eighty-yard children to put away their devices. Did you notice that? Uh, yeah. She comes down the stairs. She's like, "Come on, guys, you gotta, you gotta put the devices. In, you know, 
they're waiting for their teacher. We'll get into that, but um, they're like, "Ah, live!" Aw. <laughs> and you hear these like electronic noises of ancient games, like <laughs> missile commands. And were they even there? Were they there? No, I mean, you don't see. Okay. There's no shot of them. You just hear them. Okay. She kind of yells at them off camera. Aw, come on, Liv. It's really funny. Um, so Curtis tries to wake himself up. He slaps himself awake, which he gives Liv another vision. Melissa's slapping Sheldon and tells Cornell, if he does this, the zombies are all doomed. And so that they, at the end of the episode, they haul Melissa in. Melissa says Cornell was taking a payday to build his arc and save humanity. And she was, and, uh, and, you know, she was trying to save zombie kind. He was he was taking the payday from Sheldon to basically kill all of the zombies, find the zombies so people can hunt them down, and uh, and then you know build his little his little arc. Um, but uh, Melissa says, you know, you understand, right, Renegade? And so Liv's got this like conscience, this crisis of conscience, you know, on what to do here. But yeah, they ended up bringing Melissa in. Oh, I skipped over that scene where she talks to Clive. Anyway, they they have this uh, crisis, a crisis of conscience. Uh, what is that? Oh, I don't know if I wrote that down. Anyway, it's I like the whole thing where Clive's like, "We're not precogs," like you know, mm-hmm. like Melissa. Melissa caused definitely uh, killed. Um, Cornell and Sheldon might kill a bunch of zombies, but you can't just put him in jail because he might. I, I, I mm-hmm. in, in anticipation, yeah, in anticipation of a murderer happening, right. you don't know that it's going to happen. So, um, yeah, and it's funny because the episode does end just like kind of goes to credits after that that scene. It's like, oh, all right, well, I guess the episode's over. <laughs> that was a little weird. I guess it's supposed to leave you kind of like, oh, you know, but I don't know the way that the CW just kind of like slaps into advertisements and then, you know, I don't know. It was, uh, it was a little abrupt of an ending and they, huh. they seem to be doing that more often on uh, this season. I don't know the episodes. I'm like, oh, it's, oh, it's over. <laughs> uh, it, I think I felt the same way last week with the, the dancer brain the guy like drinks he kills himself there's a there's another scene of them talking and then all of a sudden it's credits and you're like oh, oh, oh okay oh, whoa <laughs> so anyway uh anything more to say about that case that brain nah <laughs> I, was, I was surprised the brain played i mean the brain had the visions definitely played a part but um the intellectual brain didn't really well didn't really hinder live at all didn't cause too much disruption it was a pretty quiet brain she just kind of asked a lot more questions yeah kind of got distracted yeah kind of got lost in her own thoughts yeah so let's get to the plot of hi zombie um (laughs) the chapter is zero yucks given um (laughs) we have um jimmy and yasmin who are playing zombies who invite humans over for dinner and then Jimmy rages out and destroys a microwave and Peyton is not a fan. You know, we got to lose the whole raging zombie thing. We want. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy doesn't, he's not on the same page. He doesn't understand what Peyton wants. Right. He wants to, he wants, he thinks he's so, he thinks his portfolio portfolio. Yeah. 
It's so funny. Yeah. Number one, it's not funny. And number two, it's not how she wants zombies to be portrayed. I know. It seemed like, uh, I don't know. It, I, I almost, like, I, I watched, uh, I, I tried to take this, these skits as, like, an episode of TV. And it just kind of reminded me of something like, I don't know, like, Small Wonder or Alf. Where it's just like, ah, Vicky destroyed another thing again. Yeah, yeah. I was looking so forward to this high zombie. Yeah, and this Jimmy is just so awful oh. that this is not what I wanted to see. No, and I hated it. I, I hated how he kind of came out. He's like, no, 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 no. You don't know comedy. Comedy should challenge an audience. You know. I was like, yeah, but it should also be. Funny, <laughs> and I'll you know, and if if Peyton, the main what you know he's not getting what Peyton's main point is to show zombies as uh, you know just they're just like you and me you know, um, but with jokes, yeah, but with jokes, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it shouldn't. I, I don't know. It, it there are many. I'm sure there are many shows out there that play into the stereotypes of. You know, different ethnic groups, different uh, sexualities, and really uh, did a terrible job in you know, and and also, um, and, and then showed a certain generation of people that oh, this is what they are like. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think they're kind of hinting at that, like oh no, we're not. We we want to do something that's going to be like a a PSA. Um, a, a, something where we could say, "Oh, zombies are like you and me," but we don't want it to be like something like that, you know. Now I'm running through all the classic sitcoms, and I <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, um, because uh, you know, the other night they had the. Did you see the All in the Family and the Jeffersons? I heard of it, but I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. So I, I, I do wonder how it went. Went over about it. Yeah. There's so many other things I'd rather be watching. Um, oh God, what's so weird? I just this is has nothing to do with anything. We just watched a Roadrunner and Wiley Coyote uh, cartoon at my parents' house a while ago. Uh-huh. How disturbing in 2019 <laughs> <laughs> to watch oh, a yeah. Wiley Coyote commercial where he's getting blown up every three seconds. <laughs> it's just, but he's always going to be okay. I don't know. He is, but it's like my heart just was pounding. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, after the first try, uh, I love that. You know, we get some of these transitions where, like, somebody's talking to Liv, or Liv is talking to somebody else about like the previous scene, and, and so it's just kind of smoothing in the like, like kind of like motion smoothing in between <laughs> in between scenes. So we do get this quick moment of Robbie telling Liv that he smoothed things over with Jimmy. Comedy person to comedy person. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, Ro is so good because there was like, he, well, Jimmy, Jimmy, like, like Ro can sell terrible lines. Uh-huh. There were like terrible lines of dialogue. Uh-huh. And Ro could find ways to make it seem interesting. Uh-huh. Like, Jimmy, I didn't know you were going to come back. I don't know. It was awful. Anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was, that was weird. It was, I, I, I almost, yeah, you're, you're talking about it. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Where Jimmy comes from the back of the theater. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they're really trying to sell Ravi as a person that you know really admires Jimmy because he's doing something that Ravi might want to do. 
I don't know. Yeah. So, but so he's a little bit more. He's a little over eager. It does sound a little weird coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like Ravi is really on Jimmy's side, yeah. even, and he's really working hard to make Peyton to get Peyton and Jimmy on the same page. So, uh, take two, same thing. This time it's Yasmin that rages out and, uh, Peyton's not happy. And then she's like, no, you're still not getting it right. (laughs) And Yasmin comes up with the idea. It's like, Hey, maybe we just have the same jokes, but this time we'll have the humans make the jokes and it'll be kind of a play on wrong assumptions, which is a smart idea. You know, that way you can say, no, zombies are just like us. Um, and Rightfully, uh, Peyton promotes Yasmin to head writer, and Jimmy storms out. And this was Jimmy's idea in the first place. Um, because he has a portfolio. He does have a portfolio. <laughs> and I just want to mention uh, Yasmin, I'm pretty sure, is named after Raul Coley's uh, real-life girlfriend. Uh, I was wondering <laughs> about that. Um, who, is, uh, who is really fun to follow on Twitter, by the way. Um so uh, Peyton likes Yasmin's script. They need Jimmy and the other actors, and Jimmy shows up and says he liked Yasmin's script. Let's do this. And it's very – it's so funny. It is a very, like, saccharine ending to the, the plot. It's like, okay. And it almost seemed like – it almost seemed like a time filler. Like, okay, so we're back to square one again, and we're just going to actually do this high zombie thing for real. But I suppose we needed like to kind of walk before we could run. So hopefully the next time High Zombie enters yeah. the show, it's going to be awesome. Right. So. And it'll be what we were looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next chapter I have here, I call it Meet the New Boss, which uh, there's a character in here that is credited in IMDb as New Boss. We'll, we'll talk to him. We'll, we'll talk about him. Not, we're not talking to him. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't spring anything else on me. <laughs> else? What are you talking about? You're saying there's something maybe uh, we recorded later that you, I sprung on you? Um, okay. So we're back at the school for some strange reason. It's, the school's going to be a thing. It's going. It's like, why are season five? You know? <laughs> like, oh, we're... We're not, we're not, uh, we're, we're centering around kids. Oh, what's going on? Um, but, uh, uh, principal Mosley talks to Graham Moss and, uh, says that his parents complained that they see him coming out of. Oh not- yeah. He's like, Oh, are you firing me? Because I'm gay. Yeah. Oh no. It's because you're a zombie. <laughs> you're a zombie. We're not discriminating against you because of <laughs> yeah. anything else. Come on. Just My daughter's gay. <laughs> Uh, uh, Graham is played by uh, Dijon Loyola. Yo, Lo, Loyola. I am so terrible with names. Uh, he seems very familiar, but I don't know what I know him from. Uh, he, he's somebody that I'm going to know. I am going to know from. Uh, he's actually starred with Erica Durant on the show Saving Grace uh, for several seasons. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Is definitely a. Did you watch that? No, but I, again, it's something I want to watch because Erica Durant's. Oh. Burden of Truth season two coming back soon. Oh, good luck with that. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? You see that trailer? I mean, yeah, but I didn't finish season one. It oh, was it? boring. Oh man! All right then. Well, it seems like season two is a totally new story, so I think you can pick it right up and check it out. But the way that promo looks, it has nothing to do with anything that season one was about at all. So, anyway. 
so we uh, Major is watching. I think it's Night of the Living Dead with Jalen and Michael. Um, it was a black and white movie. I wanted a. I was like, no, it might not be Night of the Living Dead. It's black and white. And I saw somebody standing there with a skeleton, and that looked really familiar, but I can't quite place it. So if anybody knows, let us know. Um, but they're it's funny. They're, like, laughing. Um, so Major tells Liv about Mr. Moss, and Liv challenges him on what school even is. <laughs> In a do- indoctrination to a system of acceptable faults. Um, and says that he should get Moss... To tutor the kids So we go to the chapter titled Mystery Machine And uh, two soldiers That were frozen before Are now thawing out Thinking that it's 30 years later And that's interesting Because it seems like That's a prison sentence You know, you killed some people You're going to jail for 30 years So instead you're frozen for 30 years Which is almost like I don't know. To me, it's kind of like better than being in prison for 30 years. Yeah, because it's almost like it's the next day. Yeah. 30 years have passed. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like much of a punishment because you're just... I suppose like missing 30 years, but it does. you haven't missed 30 years of your life because you're a zombie. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. I don't know if zombies age, um, but, but it, yeah, here's Enzo uh, who has an assignment... For them to save zombie kind using excessive force if necessary. And so Enzo brings them to this uh, really kind of um, this van that was like, it's like curtains and paint, uh, uh, art on the side of the van. It looked like, I don't know, it, it didn't look like an evil van, you know? No. It looked like something was, that was parked at the, that's parked at the beach, you know? <laughs> and they meet uh, the new boss, which... In the credits, I'm going to call him this, and I might be wrong, but in the closed captioning, oh, sorry, in IMDb credits, they called him New Boss, which is weird. Well, they just don't want to release his name yet. But in the uh, in the uh, uh, closed captioning, they called him Honcho. Hmm. Honcho. So I, I called him Honcho in my notes. However, they did call Major Fortison. During one part, so who knows? <laughs> Do you remember A.K. Fortison? Like he was, uh-huh. yeah, he was. He worked for. Uh, um, I want to call her Veruca, but I'm completely wrong. Oh my gosh, head of Fillmore Graves at one time until blown up in a helicopter with Fortison. Uh-huh. But anyway, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so that was weird. So maybe the subtitles, subtitles are wacky, but I'm calling him Hanjo in my notes. Um, and so, yeah, uh, you thought that Enzo might have been loyal to Major again after Angus is killed and all that. Um, and, and I, you know, maybe maybe there's a, a possibility he could be working for Blaine. Um, but no, Enzo is now working for this this guy that's out of nowhere. His name's Honcho. He lives in a van. <laughs> maybe he, he just hangs out in a van. We see him very much in shadows. Looks like there's something weird going on with his head, like there's a metal plate, or he's a Romulan. I, I have no idea what's happening mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, because he puts a wig on to cover up the, yeah. the plate. He's got like a little utopium thing around his neck, and he snorts up, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says he needs killers. Science shows that one species can only only one species can win, and it's going to be either humans or zombies. Buddy says no thanks, and Hancho kills him in full on zombie mode. 
and then um, and then and, and but uh, Matthew Voss, uh, you know, is welcomed aboard by Hanjo. So, so yeah, Voss is loose. Uh, a, I'm wondering if anybody at Fillmore Graves is going to notice that these guys are missing. Maybe they don't check the deep freeze very often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and B, I wonder how many humans, if they see Matthew Voss out in the streets, are going to recognize him as the guy that shot up Warmbloods and was allegedly guillotined. That's a huge thing. That's a part of the whole big lie. Oh, you know, the, yeah. The fake it's going to make thing. Major look bad. Yeah. But I don't know if, uh, I mean, maybe they'll retcon it a bit and say that they showed his face on the news, but I don't remember his face. I remember seeing the the guillotine uh, filmed from behind a few boxes, but yeah. Um, so back at Renegade headquarters, uh, Mr. Moss shows up and uh, he's uh, he's starstruck at Renegade and, uh, and Major. I pretty much had the same look on my face um, when I... Met Rose McIver. Just wanted to say I met Rose McIver. Okay, moving on. Um, you did too, so who cares? What do you do? So Renegade offers him a job. Major says he needs to follow strict security pro- protocols, which he doesn't. In a line at the scratching post, he's a blabbermouth. He tells his date about the whole setup in the line, and there's a guy listening, and he takes a photo of him. And uh, Moss is grabbed by Voss. Voss grabs Moss and tosses him in the van. <laughs> and Hancho snorts a little bit more Utopium and says, you work for us now. And we see that he has uh, Mr. Moss's date tied up. And, um, and yeah. Um, we see Graham showing up late at the Renegade house. And, uh, uh-oh, we've got somebody on the inside now from... In, in, in the house, you know? Yeah, that's scary. It is scary. So I I spent some time trying to think about like it's just so weird that they have this like new guy here, but the whole Enzo connection makes me wonder if like this was the original plan for Angus, like because this sounds like an Angus plan if anything, like zombies over humans, yada yada yada. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe originally, you know, you can look up on the. On the web, on, uh, on the internet, why Robert Nepper not, might not be on iZombie anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, I won't get into that, but maybe this was the original uh, vision storyline, yeah. and they just changed it a little and just to made it new character. New character and yeah. Mm. So I just kind of was thinking that. All right, finally, let's get into the last part of the show. You can call me Al. I call this uh, section pretty funny. I should say um, I'm just as good as those chapter writers <laughs> um, <laughs> Alright, so Blaine Super excited to be interviewed by Al Bronson Of Bluster Magazine And what do writers look like? Stylists, underpaid Insecure <laughs> John and hmm. Perhaps taking a dig at himself I don't know <laughs> Yeah uh, Blaine and Donnie clear the undesirables out And Blaine finally meets Al Which is short for Alice And here is Gage Golightly Who was from Teen Wolf Do you, do you remember her from Teen Wolf much? No, I may not have gotten to that season Or something uh, yeah. That it was ages ago like for her. me Yeah Yeah, she, I think she uh, I think she's a, a good counterpoint to Blaine And uh, 
Um, she's brought in. She says she interviewed uh, Bill Gates. She interviewed Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also, Ty Griss, who is the CEO of Euphrates, which was okay. a ty, tigress, tigress in the Euphrates rivers. Ah, uh, okay. Pretty awesome puns. Um, she also <laughs> interviewed Floyd Barakas, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Um, and Blaine says, I look forward to you do it. And then Al says, doing me, I've heard it, you know, whatever. And Blaine's like, mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's not going to fall for his childish. He's not, it's going to be more difficult to charm her. Yeah. Then. Yeah, that's and that's why. This is so interesting because it's not just – he's not just being charming. Mm-hmm. He's got a challenge. And I think after you know six months of living the rock star life, having models in and out of his bed, he might be looking for something more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he's a bit of a bit insecure. You know, he's like um, – and like the, the whole like saying that, oh, yeah uh, – um, Come on over to my house. We have like a nonstop soiree. And then when, when she finally uh, agrees to go to this, his house party, he brings Donnie over. He's like, hey, uh, make sure a lot of people show up at the house. <laughs> He's got no, he doesn't actually have a bunch of friends, you know? Um, yeah. And then she finds out pretty fast yeah, talking yeah. to that one guy. I was like, yeah, this is the first time I've ever been here. Oh. I don't know him very well. Also, interestingly, um, he, she is a zombie. So... Um, Probably, you know, she did say something about interviewing Chris Pratt before the wall went up. So, um, you know, she's stuck in New Seattle and working for Bluster. I don't know if Bluster is based in New Seattle. Um, Blaine says that Blaine tells Al he was trusted to deliver brains because of his brand. He's an outlaw, outlaw, rogue who does the right thing in the end. It's like, yeah, that's uh, that's what a lot of people like to think of Blaine as, Blaine as you know. Uh, but um, Donnie um, then tells Blaine that the dead enders are back, and Blaine orders number six on the brain menu, tells him to go across the street and see if Paolo and the boys are free. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, there are people, there are dead enders outside the club, and they're threatening a couple uh, that Blaine has to step up and uh, rescue. So, why don't we t- actually take a moment here? And talk to one of the people that was in the scene. Um, we actually just recorded earlier, Steph, uh, <laughs> an interview with um, a, a previous guest of the show, Natalie Farrow, who played Zombie Girlfriend. And uh, without further ado, let's play that little clip of us talking. Well, for this this scene, we want to bring back a special guest who's been on the podcast before. Uh, welcome back to the show, Natalie Farrow. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> thank you. We haven't talked to you in three years, according to uh, my website's dates. <laughs> <laughs> yep, what's, it's been three years. What's been going on? Oh, Quite a bit, you know. I've been working lots. I've produced my own short film, been writing lots. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't remember what the last thing was that I did since I talked to you guys last (laughs) year. Well, uh, we definitely wanted you to come on because I didn't realize this. It must have been the wig. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) But... um, 
uh, it looks like uh, you're on the you're on the show, and mm-hmm. I guess I want to remind everybody that you were uh, on the show previously uh, during the Max Rager party, where yes. um, you were one of the three or four scientists that got the party really rocking. <laughs> yes, we did. We really did. So uh, it was really exciting to see uh, you back on on the show again. Um, this time in, in full in a full flowing white wig. How how was that wig? Yes, it was so crazy. I've never worn a wig before, and the process was unreal. Like it felt like they were ripping the hair out of my head because they had to like pull it back so tight, and then they. It's a real, like, it's a real hair lace front wig. And so they had to, like, glue it down to the front of my head. And wow. my, head, my head became numb to it. And you just got used to it. But I was like, oh, my goodness. This is what Rose goes through all the time. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my gosh. That's insane. <laughs> uh, so when you when you got the got the call to come on back, uh, I mean, how, how excited were you? I was so excited. I honestly was not anticipating because it's kind of a weird story of how it happened oh yeah so it wasn't actually through my principal agent i have an agent to do like stand-in work just side income Mm -hmm. and they were like hey they're looking for an actor to go on iZombie and i was like oh but i've already been on the show i don't think that's gonna work and they're like no no no, it's not a problem at all they don't care like just they they want you on the show and i was like okay sure Mm -hmm. of course i'm not gonna say no to that (laughs) are you crazy so i said yes and i showed up and it was so surreal. One of the stand-ins who's been with the show since season two, probably since season one, remembered me based off of my voice because he couldn't recognize me because of the wig and the makeup. Wow. And then even the hair and makeup girls remembered me and remembered who I played. And it was just a really special moment being able to come back to the set and then and having them remember who I was. <laughs> so uh, it, it seems that, I mean, I, I was looking at your Twitter. I mean, just as I like found out, I was like, oh, wait, that was Natalie. Uh, just as I found out that you were on the show, um, I saw uh, a tweet thread explaining uh, perhaps uh, there may be a connection. Did, did you want to explain that to our listeners? Yeah. So basically the end of season two, the party goes off and then we have this ending where you're basically like, everyone's got to be dead. Yeah. Everyone a has a huge to explosion. Yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, everyone's dead. Um, and we never saw what happened to my character, Ginger, or Vlad or Wyatt, the other two scientists. So we were just kind of like, okay, they must have died. But because they ended up back on the show again, I was like, there's got to be a like, there's got to be a reason for this. <laughs> and so in my head, I was like, Ginger lived. She got out of there. She escaped before everything blew up. And she got as far away from the zombie situation as possible. Uh-huh. And she decided to be like, I'm going to embrace this, being a scientist that she is. She was fascinated <laughs> by it, of course. Uh-huh. So she takes on trying to figure out what it's like to be a zombie, how to live well, and ends up coming back and beginning to live a steady life, start seeing someone, yeah. and decides her. to go out and just embraces being a zombie. Mm-hmm. And then that's where you meet her in the episode in season five. <laughs> now, it's really funny uh, that... that the- that's how it turned out with the story because you are now this season the the second uh, scientist to make it out of Max Rager. I mean, I don't want to say alive because you're a zombie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, last episode, um, there was 
you know, it was the dancer episode and mm. there was a, there was one guy named Frank who was a dancer that Clive interviews. It's kind of like a bit part. Um, mm-hmm. He actually was on the show earlier as an actor named Albert Nicholas, and he played a technician at, at Max Rager in the episode He Blinded Me With Science. So I was like, oh my gosh, somebody made it out of Max Rager alive, and now he's just become a dancer. And <laughs> oh my gosh. And now, now it's great to see that Ginger made it out alive. And, yeah. and you were like ground zero. Your character was at ground zero of the party. And now, yeah. now she's out dating and happily going to clubs. And <laughs> yeah, she's living her life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, can you can you tell us anything about uh, the scene? Ba- basically, uh, you know, you guys, you, you and your boyfriend, you know, your character and your boyfriend, I should say, mm-hmm. um, were <laughs> harassed by dead enders, and then Blaine comes out and mm-hmm. uh, and throws down. Uh, did 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 you see any of? Yeah. Uh, any of that action or how did oh, that yeah. go? We were there and it was so cool how they did it. They had a, a stunt guy dressed up like him and they would intercut. So, um, Lynn was off to the side mm-hmm. and then at the end, the stunt guy would kind of like roll out of the camera frame and then blame would like kind of pick up where he left off and like <laughs> end it. It was so cool. It was like, a, it was like they were dancing. It was nuts. <laughs> It was such a cool experience being able to see that because I've been on shows where they do stunts and stuff. I've been on a sh- like I was in season two. I had my own stunt double, but right. this was so cool to witness it because it was kind of like a dance. And I have a martial arts background too, so it was very intriguing for me to watch. Now they had Brazilians there playing music in the scene. Were, were they yeah. actually playing the music, or were they just kind of pretending? No, <laughs> they were they were miming it, yeah. but uh, they had a, they had a track that they would play so that they could get the beat right. But oh, they were good. actually pretty sure they're actually musicians from what i remember talking to them they're they're really cool guys too Uh, was this one day of shooting yeah it was one day it was one day of shooting it was a one long day that was a lot of fun yeah that's awesome the guy that played my boyfriend he's a fantastic dude incredible actor i'm just gonna plug him yes please so he's gonna be on a new show called uh snowpiercer um Yeah, keep your eyes up for him. Um, yeah, it was just it was lots of fun being able to to meet new people and to be in a scene with different characters as well um, from the second season that I was in. And so, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It was very cool being able to wear a wig for the first time in my life. <laughs> and yeah, the show was just an incredible show. And I know that, like speaking from the Vancouver film community that we really missed the show and the cast and everybody that was a part of it. It was a really special experience and I'm kind of sad that it's ending. Yeah, it really is. We're super sad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously a zombie girlfriend, we're going to have to look out for her ginger to, mm-hmm. to return again this season or to spin off and get her own show. I think, I think, uh, like a nice spin off of like a zombie in the city. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would so be down. You know, we'll find out. You know what Ginger's life is like in the the mysterious years where she vanished. <laughs> that's awesome. I'd be into it. The zombie writers, you know, they didn't say that's not what happened. She maybe, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, you're saying call me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know. <laughs> 
Well, awesome. Well, well, thank you so much, Natalie, for for jumping onto our podcast. Did you have any anything you wanted to kind of plug? Anything coming up that you want people to check out? Um, currently, no. I'm just working on stuff on behind the scenes. I'm writing quite a few projects right now, and cool. I just finished producing and starring in a short film that I did that I'm hoping to get that into festivals. But other than that, right now, that's that's really it for me, and I'm just really enjoying the the season of being able to do my my work and my stories that I've got going on in my brain. Rad. And if, if anybody wants to uh, see what you're up to, maybe on Twitter or Instagram, do you want to plug any of those? Yeah. So my Twitter is Natalie L. Farrow. And same with my Instagram. I usually post more about my film stuff on Instagram than Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Twitter, I'm, I have a, a love-hate relationship. I'll go on and I'll be on for like five days in a row. And then I'll be <laughs> off for like two weeks. It's... I, I struggle. <laughs> well, you, but, did, yeah. you did just put out some uh, really lovely uh, uh, pictures of yourself. Uh, so Aww, I think people should you. check those out. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I'm really <laughs> excited about those ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks again for being on the show, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. I feel honored and just, yeah. What a blessing to be called back to be a part of the podcast for a second time. Oh, for sure. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's funny. It's, it's like we're like wrapping up the podcast too. It's like, we're going to bring back yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does kind of feel full circle. Yeah. It really does. What, what did you think of um, what, was ha- what happened in this scene? Uh, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, okay, this is interesting because they can take a, a, an interesting brain. Uh-huh. Just for out of left field, <laughs> and it doesn't have to be the whole episode. It doesn't have to be, you know, involved in the mystery and the murder or whatever. It can be just a quick, hilarious scene. Yes, <laughs> it's funny because it's almost like a video game. Like Blaine's treating brains like a video game. Like it's like, oh, I need this power up. Like I'm, I'm on fireballs. You know, <laughs> I'm on fireballs. Okay, I want freeze rays. Freeze rays. You know, uh, and I need this power right now. Yeah, yeah. So now he needs the power to really be done somebody and it sounds like he's he must have done this before because he knows about the brazilians across the street <laughs> and he's like all right call him over because i'm gonna need i'm gonna need a good funky beat to be dropped while i uh <laughs> while i beat these guys up <laughs> so uh great scene and uh it was cool to hear uh from somebody who was there watching it being filmed and and being a part of the scene so uh yeah thanks again natalie Nate. All right, so we go to this house party, and I just love Blaine's house. It needs some curtains, I gotta say. I'd be a little <laughs> paranoid that so many people could see inside my house, but maybe it's like, you know, you can't, you have to, it's like on private property or something, or right. tucked in the back of the woods or something. Um, Blaine gets a, a call, and Al talks to some people, and she discovers, you know, from this man bun that, um, <laughs> <laughs> They don't actually know. Like they, he's like, "Oh yeah, we go back like months." And Al's looking at this badly photoshopped picture of Blaine in the, with, hanging out with Man Bun and his friends, and uh, and so she's looking for the bathroom, and she goes into Blaine's office, and she sees the mask. Did you? Okay, I, no, he didn't. Huh? It has something to do with Baracus. Yes. So. Last season, it was 100 years ago, I realize this. Um, uh-huh. uh, Blaine stole the cures, you know, and he 
decided to he wanted to sell the cures off, so he um, gave the cure to on, on camera to Floyd Barakis, who is known as the zombie mayor of New Seattle. And so Floyd turned human and was like, "Oh my god, you know, I'm, I'm human. Oh my god, oh my god!" And and then Blaine shot him in the chest a couple times, and he died, just to show that he, this the cures work. It turns it turns people human. And then, you know, and so obviously shooting him in the chest a couple times wouldn't have. Died. Oh, it was videoed. It was aired. Um, okay. So the video uh, was aired, but yes, it does not show the other side of the camera. Um, so the question is how, how does Al know what this mask is all about? In the next episode, uh, we have Bazio who has eaten Barakas's brains and you know not much is made of it we just get like one scene of her and uh, Kavanaugh interrogating Blaine at the scratching post and she has she knows she's seen you know through visions um, somebody in the mask um, shooting uh, Floyd in the head so or in the chest rather so I'm assuming just Kind of filling in the the dots here, the blanks. You know, maybe it'll be revealed like how she know how Al knows the mask. I'm assuming that Bazio had Jimmy make a sketch of the mask, and then they're like, you know, if you th- this is a this is a mask we're looking for. We know the the killer had this mask on. You know, if you've seen this mask or whatever, I'm I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's me, you know, and hopefully hopefully they clear it up a bit more. But you know, me doing a little extra work here. Uh, filling in, hopefully, uh, that that's just kind of what I'm going with myself, my head cannon. But uh, yeah, we in the next scene we see Al has uh, a photo of the mask and um, Barakas is uh, dead. Uh, you know, like the the shot of him dead uh, left in the park bench that um, Bazio and Peyton find, or you know, they go to the crime scene. Um, and uh, Al tells. Closes the computer, tells Blaine that she wants to get her, get to know him better. And, uh, yeah, so I guess uh, Gage Colightly is going to kind of stick around for maybe an ep- another episode. We'll see what happens. I really don't cool, know how good. long she's going to be around for, but pretty cool, huh? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to this plot. I, I like, I, I hope, I hope Gage Colightly sticks around for, you know, a couple more episodes at least. Because, uh, you know, we do have a lot of cast and we're introducing a lot of people. Um, but I, what's, what's been introduced is kind of intriguing me. I don't know. I think Al Bronson at the top for me. And then maybe this new Han Shogo. I don't know. He's a little creepy. I don't know. I kind of want him killed right away, but I I don't know. Maybe if he's, I'm wondering if he's the main antagonist. I want Blaine to be the main antagonist of the series Mm -hmm. at the end, but, um, yeah. So we've got like those guys, we've got kids added to the show. Um, we've got a new teacher who's working undercover. So it, a lot of, a lot of people to serve. We've got yeah. anti zombie as well. <laughs> anyway, um, under this scene, by the way, um, as we end this recap, uh, we hear a nice little song. Um, this is David Anders's, uh, new single custom of Wait, repeat. What scene? The scene where, uh, Al oh, where the they're mask. talking! Yeah, it's the last. Oh. You know, so you have music playing in the background, the scratching post in that particular scene. 
Uh, oh, I was looking for it and I missed it. Yep, yep. Yes, this was another example of me. I missed it as well and then had to deal with the CW seed to literally like Oof. pace my way through the episode to finally get to the, that scene and find it. So um, that is his new single, Customer Repeat. Um, it can be found. I know it's on iTunes. Um, I found it on YouTube as well. Um, to, to check it out I'll try to remember to put a link in our show notes uh, If you want to pick this up um, But I will play a little snippet Of Custom of Repeat To bring us into feedback I haven't spent miles Nor has she Here we are amongst a piles of things Moving just a move More and made its point Are we a couple fools Or are there answers in Detroit I don't know Sounds nice The ice and the fire This is a custom of repeat Again and again and again A couple in name only Together and lonely again This is a Custom of repeat Again and again and again A couple in name only Together and lonely again She's a Alright, that was pretty cool. That was uh that was David Anders again, Custom of Repeat. Uh you can find it uh it, I I'm I, I've heard from many streaming outlets and uh I would say buy it up. We want to encourage David to keep singing and keep recording music because he's always awesome on this show. So uh here are this is the feedback section and here are some thoughts from the users of TV Time where you can find our podcast streaming under the iZombie section. Uh, Melissa R. says, How would zombies survive if they killed all the humans? Obviously, this leader zombie dude is a moron. <laughs> Which I think is... I thought that's great. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's got some sort of diabolical plan where he's just going like, to enslave humans. That way, you know, harvest them for brains or whatever. Um, just Me says, Blaine is really the craziest and most endearing character I've ever seen. I think in real life, everyone would follow him because Blaine is the best. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, okay. S- I know it's funny. <laughs> Kelly S says, uh, referring to uh, Gage Galately, um, uh, using her womanly wiles on zombies this time. So I guess she's re- referring to uh, Teen Wolf. Uh, and Phoenix82 says, so what we want is a show that illustrates how, despite all the misunderstanding, humans and zombies have more in common than we think. What we don't want to do is portray zombies as indestructible, raging monsters who eat people. And then they included a gif of Santa Clarita diet. Um, (laughs) I think, I think Peyton would be like, nope on Santa Clarita diet right away. Um, and finally, Anna Tram says, how can they talk about evolution? It's a virus, just a virus. They're not different species or races. They're all human. Some of them affected by, by a virus. How can they still talk like that? This thing hurts my brain. I think that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Good point. But I think it's like, you know, like if you're a crazy zombie cult leader, you kind of, uh, 
think of it as, oh no, we're evolved. <laughs> we're more than yeah. human. Us versus them. Yeah. All right. So we have just a couple emails here. Did you want to get into one? Would you like for me to read TRs? Uh, if you want to, this is uh, this is Tim. Oh, I can't wait. Returning can't wait. back. Right, go ahead. This email is Robin's fault. <laughs> I joke, kind of. Hey, Robin and Steph, been a while since I last wrote in. Those who are members of the Facebook group might remember that I had something of a fan temper tantrum <laughs> when it when it came to how I felt uh, I felt the show regress Blaine back to being a one note villain after exploring his complexities in seasons two and three. Yeah, he kind of. I, I, he kind of, I, I thought he. Well, he was. He he calls it a temper tantrum. He, he was upset that a character that a character made a turn, and you know, we're. We, he was saying that Blaine w- definitely wasn't the person that stole the cures, and uh, unfortunately, uh, it, it turned out he was, um, and so he wasn't a fan of that. But uh, surprising to me, uh, he kept watching. So go ahead. Sorry. I also had some quibbles with some things I felt were. Uh, continuity gaffes and plot holes but I also felt like I couldn't really keep watching in good conscience conscience, given how the CW handled the allegations against the actor who played Angus in that their investigation was only internal and that and they let him finish out the season because he didn't assault anyone on their set Mm. that just left a bad taste in my mouth well, it's been a few months, and while I'm still upset about that, I do realize it was a network thing and not entirely up to the showrunners. I've also calmed down a bit and decided to judge the show for what it, I'm sorry, Tim, I don't mean to laugh at you. <laughs> You're just very entertaining. <laughs> I've also calmed down a bit and decided to judge the show for what it is and not what I wish it could be. All this nonsense with people getting entitled and petitioning for the final uh, Game of Thrones season to be remade has given me some perspective. Mm -hmm. We can be disappointed with what they gave us, what they give us, sure, but judge it for what it is and not what it's not. Did I enjoy the way they handled Blaine's return to straight-up villainy? Not exactly, but hey, it happened. While I could just quit the show which I considered at this point, I've invested five years into watching it. Might as well finish it out, especially since the alleged predator is no longer part of the cast. Mm-hmm. This email is actually indirectly Robin's fault. He replied to me on Twitter with a gif of Blaine. And that made me think to chime in with my thoughts on what they've done with him so far this season. I don't actually mind it. He's doing the right things for the wrong reasons, but in classic Blaine style, he's willing to resort to crime to ensure they get done and that's his status quo is and that his status quo is preserved. We got to see that uh what we got to sorry. We got to see that smitten dorky side of him again with Al and it's actually an interesting role reversal where he's in a relationship where now someone is keeping a big secret from him. Mm. Good point. Mm-hmm. I do have a question though. I have no issue with Blaine keeping the mask he wore when he murdered Baracus because I can see him being arrogant enough to keep it as a sort of trophy. I do have to wonder though how Al recognizes it and realizes its significance. The mask itself didn't appear in the murder video. The only person who saw it was Bazio when she ate Baracus's brain. 
even if the police had a description of it, I doubt that would be available to the public. At first, I wondered if uh, maybe Al wasn't actually a reporter, but instead an undercover cop. But she mentioned needing an uh, extension on the De Beers story in that last scene. Maybe that was just a little snarky code for saying she had a lead. Oh, that's a that's an interesting um, view on that. I don't know. I think it is just as simple as they did make the mask public and that she's a reporter. And Yeah, I think it'll be explained. Yeah. I expect it to. Okay, so Tim finishes up. I apologize for the length of the email, though I doubt you're surprised at this point. <laughs> Not surprised <Nope>. at all. <laughs> Feel free to only pluck out and read the excerpts you deem relevant, Tim. Well, I will say I've met Tim in person down in Atlanta, and uh, nice guy. What? Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, he didn't meet you. I didn't meet Tim. Nope. Dang it. You should have went to Medieval Times. I should have. <laughs> All right, now let's move to Dave. Thanks again, Tim, for emailing. Uh, Dave, hey, folks. Wow, they sure are cramming a lot of story into each episode. One, the high zombie storyline. As much of a fun play on the show's title as this is, I don't get the point. It's supposed to be a scripted show that is going to convince no one. If they want to do something like this, they need to do something more documentary style. Showing real zombies interacting with real humans. I agree. I'm telling you, we've, we brought it up before on the show. The Levon approach, I think, showed. I mean, as long as you got a good Paul Rudd voiceover, I think people are going to be sold. Maybe go with a little John Krasinski as well. I'm just saying. Uh, that, that, that's my own thoughts. Sadie agrees. Um, back to Dave. Number two. I was cracking up with the satire product placement scene with the kombucha drink. I actually paused the show halfway through the scene to see if it was a real drink. Nicely done. Oh, I'll have to go back and... Oh, it's on the CW seed. (laughs) Send me a screen cap, Dave. I have no idea. Or somebody. I'd love to see whatever that uh, satire product placement was. Um, Number three. Welcome back, Blaine and Donnie. We missed you. The reporter, I think her name was Al, is... So going to stir up trouble for our favorite evil villain. And while I love the idea of Blaine kicking, uh, but it was not filmed that well. It looked too much like a scripted fight scene. Yeah, there was a little, there was a couple of cuts where I was like, that is, uh, that's not Blaine. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but whatever. Well, it was still, uh, I think it was still fun. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the way Natalie describes it, it was like, you know, stunt guy did the big stuff and then ducked out of camera and they brought Blaine right in to finish him off. Um, no idea if that was actually Andrews doing the fight or a stunt double, but I, it was not very convincing. Uh, well, you know, action on a zombie—that's not their strong suit. No, don't, I, don't I, I don't. I don't hold them to a very high, you know, Game of Thrones level of action. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they sure uh, ghosted minor, if if you know what I mean. Um, number four. <laughs> Pause for laughter. <laughs> number, <laughs> number four, Enzo working with more radical zombies. Saw that coming. There sure are a lot of factions struggling to gain control of Seattle. So many humans and zombies are just trying to live and survive, but these radical groups are causing so much trouble. Can't wait for it all to come to a head. Yes. Number five, be careful with your health, health supplements, folks. Last episode, a protein drink is the murder weapon this week. Dietary pills is the murder weapon. Make sure your supplements are pure. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. 
Uh, I agree. Um, but yeah, somebody sent me some of that Vince opposing because I want to think better. Did you want to read the, our last bit of feedback? From Efrax. Hey guys, thanks so much for the terrific interview with Diane last week. So great to hear about the behind the scenes machinations of this show. Oh my I love God, the- it was so awesome, Steph. Oh Diane was on our show. It was the greatest. Oh she like chatted with us for like nearly an hour and it was the best ever. Oh, I'm getting nervous again just thinking about it. Okay. She might come I back. I loved What? She might come back. Oh, don't say that. Oh, I got butterflies. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Finish Defrex's email. Sorry. I loved the comedy of last week's episode, but I think I love the drama of this week's even more. I'm so impressed by the writer's decision to make the zombie human conflict multifaceted with the actors across the ethical spectrum on both sides. There's a lot of subtle, subtle, subtle. subtle. <laughs> There's a lot of subtle social commentary here, buried under the heavy-handed, over-the-top everything else. I don't know. Uh, that everything works, but it's certainly never dull. Part of me right. wants to call an intervention on these writers who are clearly addicted to needlessly convo- convoluted, convoluted plot threads, but they would deny us the chance to see Blaine on Capoeira. How do you say Capoeira? it? Capoeira. 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 Brain. And who would want to miss that? The only thing that would have made that scene better would be if Dancer Liv was somehow walking by and joined in the festivities. The Blaine Owl interactions are getting, are going to get interesting, too. It never hurts to remember that for all of his charm, Blaine is a cold-blooded mass murderer with the moral fiber of a sewer rat. Yes. You hear that, Tim? Go ahead. <laughs> Looking forward to seeing him get taken down quite a bit. Sometime in the next few episodes, <laughs> he's gonna be. The, he's gonna be totally taken out in the finale. He's go, he's gonna die. Yeah. He's gonna die. I'll be uh, sad. I'll be sad. I don't know. I also enjoyed some of the callbacks in this episode, particularly Liv critiquing Jimmy's artistry and the Mac Rager, Max Rager esque high tech elevator in the science in the science layer in the secret layer. Yes. Ugh. Fun little nuggets for the fans. Finally, I was half expecting the new boss to be Mr. Boss. Is that utopian that the dude's chain snorting? Jeez, no wonder he needs a plate on his skull. His brain must have exploded from the the pressure. (laughs) Curious to see what his story is and what exactly he's planning. That's all for now. Take care, Efrix. Yeah, I guess that's that's the only and best, so therefore best uh, explanation of the reason why the guy has a plate on the back of his head is because the dude's totally his brain, he's totally mind blown like all the time. He's so he's so wasted. Um, no, I <laughs> I have no idea, and I'm looking forward to finding out what's going on there. I hope it's like a really gross reveal, like he's like he doesn't even have the back of his head anymore. We have some Facebook feedback. Okay, I'm going to read uh, Zoe Faith's feedback, uh, her comment. This show just keeps getting better and better with each episode. I'm hoping for Liv and Major to get back to, together after the way I caught Major looking at her. Ooh, yeah. Thank you for my birthday present. Keep up the good work. There, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Zoe. It was my birthday the other day also. Um, yeah, it's going to be my birthday soon, too. Mm-hmm. I got an iZombie episode 
for my birthday, the Scratch Maker. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Did you catch the look that Major was giving Liv? It was a little quick moment. I, 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 I didn't. I didn't put too much into it, but I didn't notice. Yeah, I just. It's so good to see those two like not arguing and working together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I prefer that. Thank you. Uh, James Lale says, uh, "Very good episode. It may be my imagination, but it seemed to me that a heck of a lot new plot lines were started in this ep. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, a few." <laughs> Josh says, uh, a a season five episode I was actually engaged with last week says, well, up until the salsa episode, this season was kind of meh. And even then that episode was just Chuck versus the tango to some degree, but I really enjoyed the case of the week. And my absolute favorite scene was Blaine's (laughs) Brazilian uh, dance fighting. Like I never knew that was a a thing, such thing. That's great. Um, okay, Josh says, at first I was shipping Alice and Blaine until I realized Alice is playing him. Now does Blaine know he's being played, investigated, played slash investigated, and is playing her too in a game of cat and mouse? I guess we'll soon see. I doubt it. I, I yeah. doubt he realizes it. He thinks he's just being charming and he's he's getting the girl. I, maybe this is what breaks him and brings him down to, you know, end game, evilest Blaine ever, you know? Um, you know, what puts him on the run, you know, he's wanted for murder, you know, mm. Fillmore Graves puts might, him not in be able corner. To, might not be able to, might be able to wipe the, <laughs> the blood stains of, uh, teenage runaways off his records, but maybe the, the, the death of Floyd Barakas might be a bit too much. Um, <laughs> Marissa says so many moral dilemmas this week. Of course, Blaine deserves to go down, but then what happens to Seattle zombies? And the zombie tracking app would have been disastrous, but was there another way around it than killing the creator? What harm can the Fixture King do now that he's presumably free? Hmm, lots of interesting questions there. Also, the new bad guy is deeply unsettling. Was he snorting the drug from season one or something totally different? I'm assuming it's Utopia. Finally, he's clearly delusional. And we shouldn't trust what he says, but the Pequots at least are alive and well and operate Foxwoods Casino in uh, Connecticut. Yeah, there was something about Pequots or Pequots was a was a part of his little his little villainous speech there, talking about you know zombies being you know ev- evolved. Um, but uh, I don't know. Anything it went over my that. head. Yeah, I'll Google that later, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> Nutty says, so many new layers and so little time to wrap it up. I know, only a few more episodes. Uh, no, we, we still have nine episodes. It's a lot. It's a lot of episodes. That's okay. more than Game of Thrones had this season. hey So true. We still have to do one more thing. Um, we need to uh, hear about what's going on next time on iZombie. The next week's episode is called Death Moves Pretty Fast. Let's listen to the promo. Thursday. You can't keep detectiving through a broken back. We'll go. Did you threaten your neighbor's life last night? I sure did. Well, he's dead now, so... You're under arrest for murder. I, Zombie. Final season continues Thursday, 8, 7 central on The CW. And that was a promo for Death Moves Pretty Fast. 
written by friend of the pod, Bob Dearden. All right. Directed by Linda Lisa Hader. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, very happy the, that Bob's uh, writing this one. He's got another one this season, too. Um, the description is Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. While investigating the death of an independently wealthy 19-year-old, Harris Miller, Liv, on brain a la Ferris Bueller, attempts to cheer up Ravi, who has been spiraling after learning some unfortunate news. What? Oh, no. Please do not mess with Charles Crobarty. Ah. Do not. Okay. Meanwhile, after a nasty fall at the crime scene, Clive is forced to continue his part of the investigation via FaceTime. (laughs) Lastly, things are suddenly going from bad to worse for Blaine. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be airing on May 30th. Um, We see in the promo that uh, Clive is on, like, a back brace. He looks really hurt. And I'm really excited to see uh, Ravi and Liv playing detective looks like they're they're knock on blaine's door at one point investigating things they look like a hot mess <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we are no strangers to tv especially when uh its stars uh get the task of directing an episode so i will give a little bit of a spoiler at, at the littlest the the following episode the scratch maker is directed by Malcolm Goodwin. So that <gasps> might be the reason oh, why. Oh, that's why he's not in the episode much. Mm-hmm. He's going to be communicating via FaceTime while probably, you know, running through different scenes for the next week's episode. <laughs> prepping. He will be prepping for the next episode. Mm-hmm. Prepping, sorry. Yes. And I'm really excited because uh, the scratch maker um, and the episode after that, uh, filleted to death, um, are the episodes that I actually was in Vancouver during filming of. So oh, um, wow. I'm really excited. We're finally getting to that point. And uh, I'm going to beg Malcolm Goodwin to come on the show and hopefully he'll answer my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited for um, Death Moves Pretty Fast. So we can't. Ferris Bueller Brain is going to be the best. <laughs> it's going to be funny. I, I, I really can't wa- wait to watch that. That episode. And what makes things more satisfactory is if I could talk to you about it. I mean, that's usually what we do. Logic dictates that if you watch an episode of television, more data could be gained from it by some reasoned discourse between two people. Data? You mean you'd like to have a conversation, Robin? It's all data stuff. I mean, you could design a system. You could break the conversation up into segments, some news, a detailed recap with their own thoughts on it, some more data from like-minded individuals, maybe even a sketch at the end of it all. Like a skit? That would be obnoxious. We could record it and release it weekly on an RSS feed that people could subscribe to, and voila! Congratulations, you just invented our podcast. Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Obligatory contact info in three, two, one, go. Send in your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin at El Robin Yero. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash D. Sheehan. 
check out our other podcasts, you can listen to us binge watch through great shows like Dawson's Creek, Smallville, Veronica Mars, and When I Zombie Ends, Kill More Girls. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated. And the only payment we ask are your kind words. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're done. You think anyone's still listening? Oh, they totally are. Bye, zombie. Live forever! 